This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Tomorrow is opening day. This morning, then I have a great hunt. Deer didn't move like usual. We just got set up in the middle of this bedding thicket. Oh, saving this spot from the rut. It's a nice, I think it's a nice buck. It's a 170. That was money. I think it's down right over there. 10 yards. Woo! Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. Baller rut. All right, welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. We're still on the air. Shouting out <laughs> Michigan this episode with Cam Leafers. Um, he messaged us, said he was to listen to the podcast. This is what we love to do. We love to give the listener that has a voice, wants to be heard, a place that they can do that. Um, a lot of other podcasts are reaching for that celebrities, and our trademark is you know, the untold stories of the small guy out there that's getting it done. Um, Cam has a lot of knowledge of Michigan hunting, and he shared a lot of that. Me and homie learn a ton. Mm-hmm. We have a very solid uh, – listener base from michigan so all you michigan hunters that are listening to us we appreciate you for tuning in um we hope this lets we hope you can relate to this and we also hope it sheds some lights to the other people that don't hunt michigan to how um how you guys have it up there and how a mature buck up there might not be the same size but is still respectable and an epic feat in michigan and i'm sorry i don't know what a swamp is yeah (laughs) (laughs) i just haven't been up there yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, let's get into the people that make this possible. We'll start out with the title sponsor, VIP Veteran Broadhead. Um, me and homie, we got them on the ends of the arrows. They're flying true, and we're just itching to get out there and send one. Um, we're going to be chasing. we got a lot of potentials this year. we got <laughs> yeah. the potential to put down a lot of bone this year again. Um, we're going to bring the VIPs out on the public a lot this year and uh, chase them out there. So we'll get into the VIP Veteran Broadhead shout-out. This week's VIP veteran broadhead shout-out is Marshall Stanley. He is currently active duty and has been an infantryman for nine years as of last February. He did one year as a recruiter in Ohio, and he has one combat deployment to Afghanistan, and he earned his combat infantry badge and his air assault badge. Uh, Marshall, we appreciate your service. Um, Definitely your sacrifice for deploying for a year. And um, Matt and Cindy appreciate it as well. All right, let's get into what do we want to do next. Let's do ECW calls, all your custom call needs. Um, Rainer got out his call a couple days ago. Oh, yeah? I got the shadow box. I got like a shoelace on it, and oh. I got like wrapped about 82 different ways. <laughs> right? So I can't get, so Bladen can't get into it. Yeah. He got it out, was checking it out. 
and it was like he remembered that he had it. And he didn't get it out of the case, though, which was surprising. But he was like, oh, yeah, that's mine. I'm like, yeah, that's oh, yours. You no. know what I mean? Yeah. So that was cool that he recognized that that's his. I was like, yeah, when we go hunting this fall, you're going to bring it. So I think it would be so epic if, like, a forked horn was out there and he grunted <laughs> it and right? it came over. That would, That's what I'm hoping happens. Like, just anything's out there and he throws a grunt out. Because he knows, you know, blow it soft, you know. Right. And... and for him to get that reaction of blowing a grunt tube and then something coming in that early, I think that would be really, really cool. So, um, get, get you, and that's custom to Rainer, you know what I mean? It is, so yeah, very. You can get all your custom call needs from ECW calls, um, engraved. You can order online or right there in Roseville or Shields or Gander Mountain or Gander Outdoors Gander, now. Yeah. Yeah, they've switched yeah. their names on us. So. I'm not, uh, I'm not too up to date on everything. Yeah. Uh, let's get into scent lock. Um, homie had a little mishap at his house and had to run the the radio. I did. I, st- I stole the 400B from you. Um, stuck it in in my cabinet. Usually we keep like the Propel, the extra Gatorade, Powerade in there. Um, also keep the onions and the potatoes in that spot. And my potatoes ended up getting that diet you have no carbs i know yeah no potatoes you ain't even looking at them (laughs) that's what happened is uh we didn't cook no potatoes for a while and they end up being a little sour so poured them out in the ditch and let the 400 be eaten in the in the closet there in the pantry yeah it's more of a closet than a pantry because i mean it's really small so let the 400 be eat there and cleaned it right up cleaned it right up dude nice two cycles yeah you can use that's the best thing you can use them for hunting or or whatever you got going on, you know. Sometimes I throw my shoes in the radio bag if they got a little stench to them. Yeah, right. And clean them up real nice. It's like a fresh pair of shoes coming out of that. So. Well, I mean, after this roofing project you had there a few weeks ago, you're going to throw yeah. them, I'm sure you threw them boots in there. Yeah, I need to. I need to throw, like, all of my work stuff. My <laughs> welding jacket needs to go in that thing because that thing is. They say, you know, it's it's cool basically all summer right before season. Yeah, hot. Hot. hot so balls. hot. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get into what what do we got? That we got all of them. Man, yeah, we're getting good. We're getting quick at this. That's getting what we sidetracked need. and getting good. Yeah, That's decent. Yeah. Every one of them, like, is that all of them? Yeah, there's <laughs> a whole bunch, four of them. All right, uh, let's get into the show. All right, we got Cameron Leafers on <laughs> from the big woods of Michigan. How you doing tonight? Good. How are you guys? Doing good, man. We appreciate you coming on. Um, we yeah. know literally nothing about hunting Michigan, literally zero. So when you came on and said, <laughs> Hey, I want to talk about Michigan hunting. Um, you're the kind of guy that we're looking for, you know, just normal guy, you know, and that's getting it done and knows a little bit about something that we don't know, mm-hmm. you know, so we can, we can learn from you a lot. And, uh, you're also part of Midwestern pursuit. We're getting to that later, but we're, I'm excited to follow you guys. And, uh, and for our listeners to learn a bit more about that team, but, uh, Let's get into your 60-second commercial for the listeners. Tell them a little bit about yourself. <laughs> yeah. So my name is Cam Leafers. Um, I live in Flushing, Michigan, uh, Genesee County. Um, I've lived here all of my life. I've been hunting uh, for about 11 years now. Um, and hunting in Michigan is, you know, everyone and their brother hunts in Michigan. It's a huge tradition, and I take really big pride in that. Um, I love bow hunting. That's a huge passion of mine. Filming has become an even bigger passion um and just the struggles of hunting especially in michigan which i'm sure everyone has heard about um is really where i kind of take pride in that i i love the struggle it's hard i haven't even shot a deer in two years because of the struggle um and so that's kind of where i come from and uh can't wait to dive into michigan more with you guys yeah, we've heard we've heard the rumors. Michigan is a big listener state for us, uh, so we're excited to ha- have you on and maybe maybe get a guy on here. So these Michigan guys that are on this podcast, like we cannot relate to anything that you're saying, <laughs> they can finally be like, yeah, this guy, we can relate to him, you know. So right, right. That's why we really yeah. wanted to have you on, and uh, we try to kind of touch base with most of our big area listeners. And Michigan's one that we really haven't had a huge shout out for so i'm excited excited to learn and 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 for you to give a solid shout out for michigan yeah i i think it's important i mean i've i've been listening to you guys for a long time and 
um, I just I, I have related to some things on there, and um, I just think it's important to kind of show the other states. I mean, there's some states you know that you never really hear. You never hear about someone saying, you know, oh, hey, I'm gonna go take four days off of work to go up to Michigan and hunt. No yeah. one, <laughs> no one does that. I mean, but that's just because it is harder. But I think, but the amount of hunters in Michigan, I think, is what makes it harder. But I mean, um, it's it's so much more to Michigan hunters than just hunting big bucks and i think that's also something very important to touch on okay yeah let's break it down man uh let's go ahead and go so say me and homie we're loading up the truck right now man uh and we're we're driving to michigan and you're the guy i call like all right (laughs) what's my first step because i don't know what i'm doing (laughs) and and, uh i think it's for like go go into a lot of it i really want to highlight like i feel like if you're going out of state and i feel like you need to know what your goal is, right? Yeah. So I, I, I want you to highlight kind of what we would expect, but I also want you to highlight what is a realistic goal for us going up there, you know, we're going to be hunting public, obviously. What's a realistic goal? That's just something I want you to hit. Um, but here, this is your this is uh, your show now. You got the reins. Uh, teach me and homie what we need to do. <laughs> All right. So if you guys want to come up here and do a public land hunt, you're going to see, first of all, you want to think about what kind of terrain you're going to be hunting. Um, Michigan can be very diverse in some areas. Uh, depends on where you go. If you go up in the upper peninsula of Michigan, you're going to see nothing but woods upon woods for miles and miles and miles. Uh, you won't see any houses. You probably won't see any people either. And then you also won't see too many deer. Um, in the upper peninsula of Michigan, uh, the wolves and the many predators that are up there have killed off so many. The bears have killed off so many um so many deer up there. I mean, it's it's hard to even get a good population up there anymore, which is it's it's hard to hear about, and it's it's tough for those hunters that do go up there because there's a huge tradition of hunting up there. Um, then when you come down to the Lower Michigan, you there there's a big big population of deer. So wherever you go, you're gonna see a lot of deer, and in the terrain, you're gonna have big woods. I mean, you're gonna have you're gonna have pretty much big op- like hundreds of acres of open timber with some thick brushy areas and then some swamps um that's pretty that's typically the habitat type you're going to see um throughout michigan um and so with that i mean you're going to want to bring a tree stand um for public land hunting tree stands way more preferable than a ground blind or sitting on the ground you do have the traditional hunter that's going to sit on the ground but um i mean that's that's but that's just me i'm just yeah, I'm a tree stand hunter all the way. I, <laughs> yeah. I can't see anything on the ground. I don't think I'm, like, like ninja enough to be on the ground, you know. Right. Um, that's just not something I have done a lot, and confidence is key for me. So if I'm sitting on the ground, I'm like, man, I, this deer can see me, like, 500 yards away right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what's right. in my head, whether it's true or not, you know what I mean? But it's just something I'm not comfortable with. So I definitely – we're loading up the tree stands right now. We got them in the back. <laughs> <laughs> right right yeah and in mobile hunting nowadays which is i think that's the new age of hunter mobile hunting with uh say lighter tree stands you know um i think that is huge for michigan um just because of the habitat type um there are some spots where you're only going to be able to shoot 20 to 30 yards because it is thicker and then there's some spots where you're going to be able to shoot 50 to 60 uh, more open woods type of situation and i think mobile hunting is super super important because um with all the woods with open woods it's so hard to pattern deer in open woods i mean you, there's not a really sometimes there's not a, def, a definitive deer trail they're just kind of walking throughout the woods say if it's a good um oak you know a lot of acorns stuff like that throughout these open woods they're just going to be kind of cruising around throughout the open openness of the woods so you need to be able to be mobile with your hunting to see where those deer are moving to be able to get closer or, you know, you know, get up tight or do a buck bed or wherever you want to go. Um, um, so when it comes to hunting public land, I mean, you're, you're going to see deer. That is for sure. We, we, ha- in lower of the lower peninsula of Michigan, we have an, a good population of whitetail, which, uh, is very nice to have, but you're not going to see, you guys are from Illinois. <laughs> um, you, you know, you got your neighbor of Iowa, you know, stuff like that. There's, there's some giants around there and we just don't have those caliber of deer, unfortunately. Um, 
if you see a 140 inch buck, I would highly suggest you take that buck. It's just we don't have the 160s to the 170s. We just don't. It, I mean, we do, but they're so far and in, in between that it's just it's not likely, especially on public land, because of all the hunters that are in Michigan. You're gonna see a couple people, I'm sure, depending on where you go. You're gonna see a couple people on that public land, so you're not gonna be alone. Um, and so I would, I would say, I would say if, if mature deer hunting is the number one thing you want to hit for Michigan. There's there's a lot of older bucks. They're just not very big. Um, whether it's because of the lack of nutrients or the lack of crops, we don't have a lot of ag around here. Um, like I said, it's mostly woods and stuff like that. So, um, and the lack of genetics, I'm I'm sure it has to do with a lot of it. We don't have the best genetics around here, but um, old and mature whitetail are what I specifically go for and what I love to go for. Um, I've seen a lot of older bucks. They're just not very big, but to me, it's not about the antler size. And I think that's really important. Um, to me, it's more about the maturity of the animal. Like I, I, I would love to see someone shoot a five, five year old and up white tail than a five or a four year old and below. Um, just because I feel like the animal has had more of a chance at life. Um, it's, just, it's a wiser, wiser animal that you get to play that game of chess with and potentially beat. And I think that's the ultimate reward. Yeah, I would agree. I think if we came up there, I would automatically lower my, you know, standards yeah. of what was going on. I would, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I think it would be cool to to hunt those big woods. That's something that I don't know how many times I've mentioned that on a podcast. Uh, I feel like I, I have a grasp on Illinois, but I could not go. I could not sit here and say if I went to another hunt state, I could kill, you know. And a lot of people would say that, you know, well, I, but I just not experienced enough. And there is guys out there that can do it. They know what to look for. But so you got all these thousands of acres of woods that are just never ending. How are you locating these mature bucks or these area that these mature bucks like? Right. Uh, like I said, mobile hunting is huge. Um, you got, you got to find out where they're betting. That is number one. I mean, they're, Mature bucks have a, a specific spot where they're going to want to bed um, year in and year out. I mean, and you, if you can locate those spots, you have a way better chance at killing a, a, a nice buck um, throughout the year. And that's something that I've done personally on my properties. Um, I, I'm, I'm a young, I'm only 20 years old. I don't have a, I don't have property for myself. Um, I do a lot of door knocking. I do a lot of, uh, permission hunting and so i do have a um, piece of property that's around 100 acres just down the road from my house that i just i went up on the guy's door knocked and told him who i was you know said um i'd mow your lawn for you if if you'd let me hunt your property whatever said, it takes yeah, man yeah, that's yeah, a good exactly. tip if yeah. i had a few acres and someone and i didn't hunt i hate mowing my yard i'd be like okay man you're in once yeah, a week yeah. you're, you're in <laughs> And Flushing is a small, you know, suburban town. So, I mean, there's not too much around for good hunting wise, but if you can find those good suburban areas where some of these bucks like to go, I mean, that's, you already got a, a good, you know, foot in the door there. So, but this guy, you know, like, I, like I said, I got permission there and, um, scouting, I think scouting is also big too. Um, during the summer is good. Everyone wants to scout during the summer because, you know, they think you can just do whatever you want throughout the woods. You're not going to scare too much off, which is, I mean, not totally true, but some of it is true. But I also think in season scouting is very important also because the deer bucks ranges change throughout the year. And I mean, I, I'd like to think that everyone kind of has an idea of that. That's why you see some bucks during the summer, just out in the middle of the field doing wherever. And then during the hunting season, they're not there. Their, their ranges shift a lot, and so I think in-season scouting is huge. So you get to know where they are in the fall, where they are during the summer, um, and where they are, where they're bedding during the fall is, is huge because that's when you're hunting. So if you can find good buck beds in the fall, know where they're at, then if you can find a way to sneak in, get in close, say, for a good morning hunt where they're going to be coming back to their beds from, from, from food or wherever, um, then I think that's your best bet is hunting beds. Because like I said, we don't have too many ag fields on here. If you do, you're a lucky guy. Um, me personally, I've, I haven't hunted over ag 
my entire life. So that's just it's this is what it is around here. So um buck beds is huge, I think. And I also and I also like to say that um um different habitat. So say you're hunting you got big woods, but then it switches to like a, a swampy area. So that habitat line there where it goes from big woods to swamp is huge because deer like to cruise those little um those transitions there. They like to cruise along that transition. They'll stay in the woods, but they get to be able to see throughout that swampy area or they'll bed on the edge there. Those are big too. So I'd uh, keep an eye out for stuff like that if you're hunting Michigan for sure. Do you you view them transition areas more as a pinch point or because they can't really like go in the swamp like, you know, full deep or, or, I mean, or could they? I mean, I don't know how deep the swamps, you know, we don't have swamps around yeah, We here. know nothing yeah. about it. Yeah. The swamp could be four foot deep, yeah. but to where a deer right. could still get across it. But is it more of like what Cody and I would call a pinch point? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, like I said, I, like I got the I got buddies out in Nebraska, and they have pinch. Their pinch points are literally, you know, the little slivers of woods in between ag, which, I, like I said, we just don't have that. So our pinch points are mostly habitat transition. So with with the swamp meeting big woods. The deer will cruise that depending on, like you guys said, how how deep the swamp is. You know, um, it's hard to like deer won't. You guys know deer will not do the same thing all all the time. They might go across the swamp. You never know. But yeah, majority of, majority of the time, they'll use those trails, those easy routes because big bucks get lazy. Um, they'll use those easier routes and go like around the swamp, and they'll use that habitat um, transition line there from the big woods to the swamp or say from the big woods to the cedars or, you know, just, you got to look for those transition lines because they will take those and bucks will like to stay um, out of the open. So they'll most likely be in the woods or tucked in the cedars and be able to see from the outside. Now, if we do have ag, um, I'd like to say hunt um, in the woods on the out, just outside the ag, because like I said, bucks will literally, they'll walk beside the inside of the woods looking out to the ag to make sure it's all clear before they go out there. So, um, just those habitat transitions are, are, are really big for, uh, for Michigan hunting. Yeah. We've had huge success where like, uh, timber meets CRP where it's like that different ag or different, you know, transition zone, two different types right. of terrain meet. Um, this seems like deer like to be on that fringe where they have the option for both, you know, they might have some browse in the CRP, you know, during yep. October and they get in the timber, eat some acorns, um, good thermal cover. If you have the right, right CRP, you know, switch grass. So, um, do you have any CRP in Michigan or is it just, uh, not, I think I've only seen one CRP field here in my life. And I, Man, mean, I would struggle. Rare. I would struggle. Up there. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's hard. I mean, I've, I've, I've been to Missouri. I've been to Nebraska. I've been to Kentucky and I've seen all the different kinds of types. And I, I mean, me personally, I love hunting CRP fields. I've hunted it in Missouri um, during rifle season, and I love I love the looks of it. I love how the deer love it. I mean, it's it's fun. It's 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 nice to look at, you know. Other than just nothing but trees everywhere. Yeah, I feel like but, they um, just when they get in that CRP, they feel secure, like they can see, but they're covered. You know, what I mean, I I hunt a right. lot of CRP. I've always loved it. Um, I kind of tend, I kind of go towards property that have CRP because um, they normally hold big deer. Uh, but yeah, right. going to Michigan, I mean, you know, finding a transition zone, I think that's a good place to start. I think you said buck bed, bed buck beds. I think that's what be our major, you know, thing. Cause if you can find where something's bedding, you know, you have an idea, you know, you, right. like you said, do a mobile hunt, go in there, check it out. Is this a mature deer? If you know it's a mature deer, there's a reason why that mature deer is there. So there's potential for other mature deer to be there. Even if he's bedding here, it's just still an area that mature deer like, you know what I mean? Right. So you'd have a better chance there, but. When right. They... And... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> uh, I was just going to say, another huge thing that I like to say is, um, for, for especially for public land, even private land where I hunt, I always look for the spots where no one is hunting where there's zero pressure, no one's walking around, no one's walking their dogs or stuff like that. Um, because those, even if it's not a good looking area, if it doesn't look like, oh, you know, the, you know, you have those areas where you're walking like, but man, this looks like a place a huge buck would be. I'd love to hunt here, but they're just not. I mean, 
you most of the time those pay... areas are not there <laughs> right exactly so i mean go to the areas where no one's hunting uh be- because there is such a huge pressure of hunters in michigan i think there's like oh i, I saw a number not too long ago it was a couple hundred thousand people that hunt um just in the state of michigan and i mean it was a huge a giant number compared to other states but i mean there's just so much pressure throughout the woods of Michigan that these deer are so they're pressured so hard that if you can find those spots where they don't feel pressured, then you will be an absolute honey hole. I mean, I, I've, I've found those spots before and the deer just love it. It's not like the most um, food resource area or maybe they're not the best cover area, but there's just no pressure and they just love hanging out there. They might have a nice staging area there, or maybe just a nice, you know, cruising area that they like to go through because they know they're safe. Um, those areas are huge, and I would highly suggest um, looking for those areas. Uh, one thing I want to touch on that you had said is, you know, you're talking about the swamps. Um, <clears throat> the person who's really brought the swamps to lie to, you know, be Dane and Fault and Mario from The Hunting Beast. Right. So I didn't... I, I guess I didn't really think of, you know, Michigan having the swamps. I mean, you guys got the big, you know, the big lakes and whatnot, but can you kind of lay out like, you know, what a swamp is? Because, I mean, just me in Illinois not having been any farther north hunting than what the studio is right now. um, Right. You know, like I just feel like that it's like a little bowl in the middle of the woods and it's full of water that just doesn't ever soak into the soil. So that's probably totally wrong. So, you know, that's kind of why I just want to... That's a lake, bro. (laughs) (laughs) You know, just a little bit more information on it. Yeah, um, I mean, you're not totally wrong. Um, Flushing is... Or, I'm sorry, Flushing. Michigan is full of water. We have so many lakes, so many swamps, so many rivers, creeks. You name it, we have it. And I mean, um, so swamps are more just areas it doesn't have to be in the middle of woods it can kind of be to the side it can be you know by a field almost it can be anywhere um but it's more of a marshy area it's more it's more just wet it's not deep it doesn't really have to be deep i mean it can only be sometimes it'd be one to two feet deep sometimes it could be you know four to five you know it depends um but it's mostly lots you're gonna have lots of cattails um marshy areas where the ground just if the ground just sinks when you step in it i mean it's just it's nasty stuff we have a lot of beavers you know muskrats those kind of animals um that like to live in those types of areas um and so that's just that's just kind of what the swamp is i mean it it can even be um trees i mean it can even have tons of trees in it it's just like a flooded wooded area that's just been flooded over time and it just stays flooded throughout the entire year that can even be a swamp we have a lot of those in Michigan. Um, the waterfowl here, the waterfowl hunting here, I should say, is uh, extremely, extremely good um, because of all those marshy, swampy areas. So that's just kind of what it is. Um, yeah. So. Okay. So with you, with you guys, obviously it being Michigan, like when it it gets cold there earlier and stays cold there later, are like the marshes basically off limits once like a hard freeze comes in? Not necessarily, no. Um, off limits to the hunters or to the deer, are you saying? Just, I mean, just like hunting and access and be able to get there and be successful. Honestly, I'd say if you're hunting a swampy, marshy area, I'd say as soon as it does freeze, I think it's more, um, you're more able to access the area because it does freeze. So say if you get a good freeze on the, it turns to ice, you know, the marsh is more of a solid and you can actually walk across. Mm-hmm. I would, I would use that more of a, of an access point than just walk. So say you have a swamp on an edge in between like an ag field and the woods and you want, you want to be able to hunt the ag field, but you don't want to just walk straight across it. I just go around and go through, you'd be able to walk through the marsh area when it's solid, you know, ice it's solid you can walk on it that way you're more you're more apt to be quiet um you're not gonna have a lot of noise or stuff like that and you can still be able to hunt that area just because it is frozen over when it's not frozen over obviously you can't walk to it unless you got some good waders i mean (laughs) it'd be rough but um yeah i mean i i wouldn't say it's an area i wouldn't go to if it does freeze over because the deer are still going to walk is they're probably gonna be more apt to walk through it 
when it is frozen. Um, it just depends. You really just you have to play stuff by ear here because the weather is so unpredictable. I mean, it can it could you you'd have a freeze one morning, and then that night it could thaw out. So you you just never really know. It's Michigan's a crazy place to hunt. I'd say that. I would do uh with those swamps. Is there ever any like peninsulas out there that connect maybe two areas that's not swamp? Maybe swamp on both sides because that would be a major pinch point in my mind. You just get like trapped on there. Well, no, like yeah. like a just like a peninsula where there's like two marshes on each side. And, oh, and there's yeah. one, there's one, one like exit and one entrance. Yeah, that would be a pinch point where deer could get could funnel through. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, actually, a, one of my really good friends and I just scouted a piece of land uh, last a year or two ago where it was like the exact same thing. There was a river that ran through this public land um a shiawassee river that is um and on each side there was these peninsulas these little pinch points of these peninsulas that came down they kind of sloped down to the river but then came back up the other side and all around the those uh peninsulas was marsh and swamp and nasty stuff that when it when it did get raining more in the fall which it does around here it rains a lot more in the fall um it turns to a swampy nasty stuff so you're going to be up on those peninsulas those high points to get out of the water probably bed on those peninsulas because they're trying to get up out of the water and stuff like that um but yeah those are those are great transition lines that i um that i would hunt for sure yeah yeah so when you got the big wood areas um what is your like so a food source what would be a major food source for a mature buck in that area uh in the in the big wooded areas yeah yeah, acorns for sure. Anytime, any or uh, any kind of acorns, uh, white white oaks, you know, stuff like that. Um, they're hitting them hard. You know, um, we usually have acorn drops mid to late September, into early to mid to mid October. I mean, it just depends on the year. Um, but if you have a good acorn drop in a good area where it is mostly open woods, they're they're going to be cruising through those areas just nailing those acorns i mean since we don't have a lot of ag and i mean even in some places where they do have a lot of ag they're really hitting those acorns hard sometimes of the year and that's pretty much what a lot of what we have in michigan is just nothing but acorns i mean we have some uh you know stem um stem plants lower to the ground that they'll munch on if you can find a good area where it's more open in the middle of the woods you get an open spot where the sun's kind of hitting it um you'll get a lot of plant life that they like to eat but I'd say for sure, 100% more of the acorns um, is top food source around, at least where I am in, that would in be, the northern. Yeah, that'd be super yeah, hard for me to hunt, you know, because you got a giant set of woods, you know, and there's a lot of acorn trees out there. So finding that acorn area that they're going to hit, um, like right. you said, it's just got to be on scouting. It's just got to go back to, like, where us, we run a lot of trail cams, which I think trail cams would help you some, but that in-season scouting, like when the acorns drop, you need to be out there like, okay, where is the deer sign at on these acorns? And then make a move instead right. of like us relying on, we got this camera on this field edge. We know we're going to get nighttime picks, but we know where he's coming from. And then we bread trail him back. Right. And I mean, when you're, when you're hunting acorns stuff like that, it is hard. Like you said, if you, especially if you have a couple hundred acres of nothing but woods and you have acorn trees all over the place, they're dropping good crops. You have no idea where they're going to specifically. Like I said earlier, you got to find the buck beds because bucks are not going to travel. I mean, until you get to the pre-rut into the rut, they're not going to be traveling too far from their beds to get up and eat. So if you can, like I said earlier, find the beds first and then kind of backtrack. So then you find the beds and you find out, okay, where is the nearest area where they could have some good feed or where is the nearest you know, acorn drop area or the stem area? Find those areas and then kind of just backtrack, you know. Um, say okay he's gonna get up out of his bed here walk 50 yards and hit all his acorns and just walk back because that, sometimes that's what bucks do they don't um during the mid or i'm sorry the early to mid october area um they're not going to go too far from where they're betting so that's huge and because of the fact that this year as of 2019 you can't bait anymore in michigan which i don't know if you guys knew or not but um that took into effect january of this year wow oh uh, yeah, you cannot bait during season or even at all. You can't I feel use. like baiting would be huge up there. Like oh, if you could would... bait, you could draw some stuff in. You know, right? Food, so especially late late season, 
no ag. Right, yeah. Yep. I mean, they're out there eating tree bark. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone and their brother baits in Michigan, or at least used to, I should say. Um, I mean, everyone baited because of the fact that there is not a lot of food. And when winters come and you get a harsh winter, I mean, these deer have little to zero food. I mean, so if you can, if you could throw out, you know, some bait or something like that during last season, then that would obviously bring more deer to you. But anymore, you can't do that. So wow. um, it's, yeah, it's going to be a lot, especially for the older generation of hunter that is in michigan which we do have a lot of because it's such a rich um tradition here it's going to be a lot harder this year and that's why i think it's important to come out and kind of talk about this stuff for michigan because um we're getting a lot of there's a lot of younger hunters and there's a lot of older hunters and so it's important to kind of talk about the different ways that you can uh find those areas in michigan Um, for older hunters that do um hunt michigan for this year i'd just say um, either send the younger guys out to find the beds and find you a spot. Or, Sounds like a solid um, plan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or just hunt the acorn area. I mean, you can have, you could have a huge acorn drop, you know, in the middle of your woods, 50 yards from your house. I mean, hunt those too, especially that time of year, because you never know when a buck's just going to come cruising through eating on acorns because they love that stuff. So, um, that's big. Um, but yeah, the whole bait thing. For Michigan is huge. I personally think it's huge. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be majorly huge. Us being yeah. a no baiting um, area, we we have a lot of friends that bait, and the amount of trail cam picture data, just the trail cam picture data that they get. If we could have that much data, like out on our fingertips, I'd be like, <laughs> oh, dude, it's in the bag. You know, we feel right. like that, but maybe you know, after a while, it wouldn't be. But we feel right. like it would be an like if they allowed baiting in Illinois in or out of season it would be an ultimate game changer for us because we could we would have inventory of what's there and then right. like a guy that gets pictures every day of a deer that's yeah. something that we've five days in a row yeah <laughs> never like if you get a picture of a deer more than three days in a row it's like that's a rare rare occurrence you know what i mean like <laughs> We right. had one that was like eight days in a row, <laughs> and we were like, well, this guy is just begging it, and then he disappeared, of course. you know. Right. But we had yeah. him eight days in a row, and I'm like, this is the most I've ever had a deer ever Yeah, within camp. a six-hour window. Yeah, within a six-hour window every day. And it was like Kentucky's coming in, Tennessee yeah. other season, like yeah. every day. Every Everybody's hunting, and we're like, oh, dude, this deer <laughs> is dead. You know what I mean? But, right. but uh, you know, we start October 1st. It's like, you know, so... Yeah, so do we here too. Yeah. We start October first. Can you guys do minerals there? No, oh, nothing. We, yeah. we can't do anything. Nope. So I mean, okay, we had polar vortex come in last year. You know, yep. I mean, negative forty, negative fifty, real temp without the wind chill, and Cody and I are just sitting here losing our minds. Like every, all our bucks are dead. Every every buck over right. one thirty is dead. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, every just forked dead. horns We're next gone. year all yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> Every yeah. fork and horn made it. Every one thirty and above is dead. Yeah, but somehow they made it miraculously. Yeah. yeah, we're getting our bucks back, and it's like how you just you just, just gain crazy. respect just and respect for them. Like how the heck did you? We got two foot of snow, and then it's negative forty. Yeah, and you step on it, and you don't even sink an inch. You know what I mean? Right. So. Yeah, we we went through the same thing here too, and it's it does it does make you appreciate you know these are incredible animals. It's it's insane to me even how they live through that kind of stuff. Yeah, like throughout the whole year, especially in Michigan, we have such harsh winters some years. So it's incredible how they do live through it. Um, but yeah, they're just they they are resilient. That's for sure. The first time that like the winter hit, like obviously when it's in the moment, it, it like hits me that these animals are out there you know, and experiencing and living and, you know, trying to do the best they can to survive. But like when it really, like really sets in is when I'm turkey hunting and I hear them turkeys gobble on the roost. I'm like, you made it through the winter. Yeah. And, and like, you know, you're a out turkey, here right like, now. I mean, he's just scratching Dude. through the snow. Like, I mean, he's right. putting in work. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, we, we have amazing turkey. I personally think we have amazing turkey hunting here in Michigan. Um, I actually took, two of my best friends out this uh this past spring and uh they both shot their first birds their first ever birds i took them out you know nice. i was like you know i want to take you guys out to go get your first birds you know and i think it's some turkey hunting is i personally i, I love turkey hunting i i think it's really fun it's um the you get a big boost of adrenaline it's it's 
you're moving a lot, you know, doing the calls. It's almost like duck hunting, but you know, not as, you know, not as much calling, but, um, you don't get so, to move and duck hunt neither. You know what I mean? Right, you, yeah. I mean, I don't even so, know how you guys duck hunt up there. No feed <laughs> fields or nothing. I've never shot oh, a duck over water. <laughs> all really? on, all on food. Yeah. There's yeah, some guys we, that hunt water here, but I'm a, I'm a field hunter. We, uh, <laughs> that we, field edge life. Amazing, yeah. We have amazing waterfowl here. Amazing. I mean, I've, we have tons of geese, tons of different species of, uh, of duck. I mean, me and uh, some of my really good friends, we go up to um, more of the Mackinac City, and then we'll do a little bit of the Upper Peninsula too. Um, and we, I mean, we see tons and tons of birds. There's just there's a lot. We we do good here. Nice. One thing I will like to mention is uh, I've never shot a Michigan bird, so if you're looking for someone <laughs> next year <laughs> that's yeah. never shot a bird before, you know, let me know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's probably only like an eight hour drive, or right? So. It's just, probably not even that bad. Yeah, just north of Wisconsin. I've spent a lot of time in Wisconsin, so in the winter oh, yeah. time, yeah. But so oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Well, go ahead. I was, was going to read off the next thing. So, what is it about Michigan that you know? I think I'm pretty sure, like the Orange Army term has come from Michigan. Like Michigan got that born. Um, you know, what is it about Michigan that everybody wants to gun hunt, or you know, just hunt in general? Um. I don't know if it's 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 definitely not that Michigan is just the state to gun hunt. That's just, and I don't think that's it. I think it's just, um, like you said, the Orange Army thing. I don't know if Wisconsin started the Orange Army or Michigan did or not. I mean, I don't, I'm not too good with that history of it, but um, I just think the the tradition of gun hunting in Michigan is so big, and the same thing with with Wisconsin too. You're gonna have tons of gun hunters in Wisconsin, um. But with Michigan too, I mean, we just we just have it's a very populated state, I'd say, um, very very populated state, and you also have a very huge population of hunters as themselves, whether it's bow or gun, and most of the hunters here are not just restricted to just bow hunting. Most of the guys here, if they do bow hunt, they definitely gun hunt, and the, the same vice versa. Um, and so I think that I guess over time that the just the tradition of you know the gun hunting camp you know you got your dad and your two uncles and your grandpa and you and your cousins you know just all in deer camp for gun season and they go out and they sit in their box blinds looking over like a marshy area or wherever you want to sit you know i think that just that tradition of it that just has gone over the years is what has made michigan the gun state i guess i'd say um and just the fact that it's a two-week gun season. Um, I don't know if anyone uh, – I don't know if you guys have two weeks for gun season because we, then we also have a muzzleloader. We also have a liberty hunt. We have an early doe season, which is you can all use guns. Um, for, uh, me personally, I don't think the regulations in Michigan are what they should be. Um, you, can two, you can shoot two – you get two buck tags here um, automatically, and then you can also buy doe tags um on top of that and um i just think that the gun season with all those different regulations um just kind of is what helps mich or i guess the term wouldn't be help but makes michigan the um not so good of big buck hunting state that it is i guess i should say i'm pretty sure uh i don't i'm gonna murder this name people are gonna <laughs> make fun of me but uh, Escabana in the moonlight. I'm pretty sure that's why you guys have the most gun hunting. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I actually know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, that's uh, <laughs> I've watched that movie about uh, probably at least ten times. I'm like, this is so good. Um, I would be the buckless grouper up there. That would be me. That would be because I know I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, I've told it's homie hard. to watch that movie, but no, I don't yeah, think he has no yet. Idea. Yeah, he has no idea what I'm talking about, but. You need to watch it. <laughs> then you'll understand what Michigan's like. All right. Yeah, I wish I could go to deer camp with those guys because that would be legit. And, like, yeah. every time I think it's, about Upper Peninsula, Michigan, I'm like, this is what everybody's doing up there. Yeah, but, and, and if you're going to deer camp with Upper Peninsula, you're roughing it, too. I mean, it's roughing it. You're, like I said, you're, like, a, so many miles away from civilization and up in the up in the Upper Peninsula there. And it's nothing but woods. You got wolves. You got bears. They're starting to see more mountain lions, um, tons of different stuff. And, I mean, you're just you're roughing it. It's hard. So that's 
that movie is a really good representation. And too much just, sap, it, man. There's too much sap up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we got a lot of pine, man. Uh, it's just pretty much a movie about guys going in the woods hallucinating and deer hunting and, mm. and drinking a lot. I'm like, that sounds yeah. like a great time. Sign that's, me up. <laughs> that, that's the that's the Michigan dream right there. Yes. That movie. <laughs> Perfect. So I had I I've been planning on shouting that out for the whole time of podcasting. <laughs> been saving yeah. it in the bank, but no, I just I just didn't want to, I just didn't want you to think I was like you know calling it out or you know taking a shot at Michigan that, but I just feel oh, like no, you know no, no, no. when when everybody you know talks about Michigan, it's oh yeah everybody gun hunts, but you know I think it's very cool that you know a lot of people hunt and right. it's something that just like you said that. I don't think is a transition here. Like up there, if you gun hunt, that you also bow hunt. I feel mm-hmm. like it's backwards here. Like definitely everybody who bow hunts, not definitely, but most you know, everybody. yeah, mostly everybody up, who yeah, bow hunts, yeah. gun hunts, but not everybody who gun hunts, bow hunts. Just because it's a lot more work, to get your equipment sighted in, takes you have to practice right. regularly, you know, and you know, just like when I started bow hunting, which you know, I'm still fairly new according to you know everybody else's standards like you're hunting different times of the year deer are doing different things they're on acorns at the beginning of the year then they're transitioning into scrapes and then next thing you know the rut's coming in like you know our gun season falls the weekend before and the weekend after thanksgiving and you know we have three days we have friday saturday sunday before and then after thanksgiving we have thursday friday saturday sunday and then we have a, the muzzleloader the following weekend for three days. That's that's our gun season entirely. And also, like I think in that muzzleloader season, you use a handgun. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> right. Yeah. So, I, I, like that. Like, that's our entirety of the gun season. And I feel like the people who do that don't necessarily transition to bow hunting. Not all of them. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot more <laughs> yippies here. Is what the problem is. Like I feel like Michigan. You guys got the hard winters. You guys are used to kind of roughing it. I feel like that, like you said, Michigan has that like deep hunting tradition. I feel like there's a lot less big towns in Michigan. They're kind of like spread out, you know, a lot of right. a lot of low yep. population urban areas. There's some in Illinois, but me and homie work in we work for the railroad, like a construction trade of like rough guys. And if you like, t- we can't talk about hunting to like anybody. Mm. There's no one that's like. There's people that like go hunting, but there's no one that's like I'm in it. You know what I mean? Right. Really? Yeah. yeah. Very wow. few people are like hardcore in and, it. And and this might be something that comes, you know, with this new wave of bow hunting, you know, extravaganza. You know, everybody's you know bow hunting now. Mm-hmm. So it might be something that as time goes on, you know, the the hunting comes back. You know, everybody wants to say bow hunting numbers are down, or not bow hunting numbers, but you know, um, hunter numbers, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, hunter numbers. You know, license sales are down tags are down but maybe with the uh, the hype yeah here we go you know bow hunting's cool yeah you know and i would i would say that everybody that bow hunts you know usually is a gun hunter or Mm -hmm. will pick up the gun when that's in season and you know maybe that's what's going to revive you know these old timers fading out and getting the younger kids into it right yeah, and I, 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 me personally, I'm a huge bow hunter. I love bow hunting with a passion, and I would much rather use a bow to hunt than a gun. Um, I just, I just think that um, traditionally here in Michigan, especially the older, it's mostly the older tradition, or the, oh, I'm sorry, the older generation of people that are gun hunting. That's that's mostly the people that you're going to see gun hunting um, in this state. So I, I do think, like you said, with the new wave of you know, the new bows that are coming out, the new, all this new different stuff that I think over time it might definitely start switching when the younger generation comes into Michigan. They'll mm-hmm. start picking up bows instead of guns. And as the old, older generation kind of just fades out, I mean, which I don't mean you don't, you don't want to have, but um, I still, I just think more people are going to switch to bows, which I like because um, opening, opening day here in Michigan, you will hear so many guns going off. I mean, everyone, and I, I mean, no exaggeration. If you walk into someone here in Michigan and you ask them if they hunt, they'll say, they'll either say yeah all the time or yeah I have a few times. I mean, everyone has hunted or does hunt. That's awesome. So yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's I know it's hurting your guys as like deer size, but I think ag's hurting it a lot too. Also, but I yeah, feel like yeah. that's super cool. I wish there was more guys around our area that hunted. Be honest with you, like 
there's guys that hunt, but there's no guys that there's very few guys that like. There's a guy I hunt that I just talked to. He's like, you probably got all your cams out and everything. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, for like months. And he's like, I haven't done anything yet. I'm like, what? I I, I, I was in shock. I was scared for him. You know what I mean? But to right. him, it's not important. You know what I mean? To me, it's right. like there's like my family. My job, then hunting. I mean, mm. and the job and hunting get mixed a lot. Depends on how big a deer I'm chasing. Yeah, right. Shit gets mixed up bad. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, what I mean, yeah, what's the velvet picks look like? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, the job gets way back there. But like right, right now, I'm trying to get everything I possibly can get done that might happen for the whole entire hunting season. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I have no nothing happened because that's like my main priority. My wife right. the other day was like, "All right, I need you to make a list of everything that you need." Be- for hunting i'm like all right here we go i'm just making shit up just so i got extra <laughs> funds in case something miraculously miraculously comes up you know mid-season and i'm like i need to stash this money just for in case you know? yep yep so yep yeah so we we i think we touched on michigan quite a bit i want to talk about midwestern pursuit i want our followers to to check that out i like i said i follow your intergam i i love the team coming up we kind of dictate this as the people's podcast but we also love to shout out those teams that are you know a couple years in just starting and trying to grow a following to get their name out there and show this passion that we're doing and filming um i feel like it's a very hard struggle with the facebook limitations instagram limitations and stuff so we take huge pride in giving a way for people like you to shout out teams um when a lot of other podcasts would be like oh no you know we don't want, you know, you're too, you're not a famous person. You know what I mean? We want, we want, right. we want you to have that moment. So go ahead and let them know about Midwestern Pursuit. Yeah. So, uh, Midwest Pursuit, um, I'm, I'm pretty new to it. I just joined, um, they just had me on to that team. Um, it was in spring uh, of this year. Um, the, the team itself is newer. We've only been around for about two years. Uh, Carson Detman and Caleb Fulberth, they are the ones that started it. Um, and there's also, um, uh, myself, Matt Reeves and, um, so, and then there's myself and Seth Shewitt is how you say his last name. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's, so we're all pretty young. Um, uh, I, like I said, I'm in my twenties and Carson's in his early twenties and Seth's in his late twenties, but, um, we're, we're just younger guys who wanted to, you know, showcase our hunts and start filming and we're, we're nothing um, we're nothing like professional wise. We're just some guys that got some camera gear and just wanted to, you know, start filming our hunts because it does make it more difficult, which I think makes it more fun in the end. Um, and just kind of want to put it on a platform and that's just kind of how it all got started. And, uh, we've been, we've grown a lot in two years. Um, our Instagram page has grown a ton. Facebook page is still growing. Um, we have a few videos on YouTube, but like I said earlier, we're not, we're not professional filmers or editors yet. I mean, we're, we're trying our hardest and we're practicing just like everyone else is. But, um, yeah, we just, we just want to be able to show everyone what's going on. We do a lot of traveling and a lot of different kinds of hunting. So I, it's fun. You know, it's definitely, it's, I mean, it's not, it's not like a job or anything, but it's just, it's a, it's a fun hobby. It's just, it's just a good time with a bunch of good guys. So. I'm going to say easy on the late 20s there, bud. (laughs) (laughs) Cody and I are pushing it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think think it's awesome. I wish I would have started something like that when I was 20. Could you imagine if we were 22 just, you know. So props to you for for starting it out. I know know there's a lot of listeners that are probably thinking the same thing. There's always that stigma like you're starting a page, you know, you're not going to be as big as, you know, some person that's already started but we started this podcast with nothing two years ago you know what i mean just like you guys right. you started at nothing two years ago so it it takes time to to grow something it takes time to to get attention to it and you have to face the fear of nobody paying attention to you yeah exactly like, i mean yeah. that's that's what everybody's fear is of starting something or you know it's not going to be as good as you want it to be but you have to do that in order for it to be what you want it to be yeah there's always someone that you're looking up to and yeah you're like, man their numbers are just insane you know right. What I mean? right but you just right. can't compete because you're starting out they've been doing it for six seven years you know you gotta you gotta grow over you gotta, time and- you gotta face that fear and just just do send it. it. Yeah. Like we've always said, like, yeah, just like you said, you just got to send it. Yeah, you got to send it. You got to eat shit for a while 
and then someone to, someone to come along. One follower is one follower, you know. Yep. And and the best thing that we've gotten is we have like incredibly solid friends from starting this podcast. There's I, a cricket behind you. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> one of them. I mean, <laughs> that's one of my one of my low key friends That'd have been right now. Sick on the video yeah, cast. Yeah, would have been. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, great back there. Yeah, yeah. We're trying to get to like the camp, the camp feel right now. We got the crickets <laughs> yeah. in the studio. I actually released a half dozen in here to keep it legit. But uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, we we've created awesome friends from just saying one night hey let's let's start a podcast and homie was dumb enough to do it with yeah me. but shout out to you guys you know 20 early 20s starting something it's a struggle at first man but you are meet people and you have a good time and like you said it's a lot of fun and that's what it's about we're not in this to to get huge heads or to grow giantly because it's just exactly we're in it to talk to guys like you you know yeah exactly when when on any other occasion can we have an hour-long conversation on the phone with a guy from Michigan and learn something? Like the right, hour-long exactly. conversations don't happen. It's a message on Instagram. It's a text message, Facebook Messenger, and that's about it. There's no outlet for, I'm going to call this guy for an hour. You know what and I mean? literally get the details right. of why Michigan has the stigma yeah, that it does. that we never knew. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's, I didn't know there was swamps up yeah, there. Yeah, I knew there was swamps, but like <laughs> I've been yeah. I've been to Wisconsin a lot, so I've seen northern Wisconsin. I've seen a lot of the swamps and homie don't homie don't work travel for work no, very I much. Don't. <laughs> I get to work out. Yeah, <laughs> I travel for work a lot, so uh, that's where we differ a little bit there. But yeah, I mean that's that's why we created this, and I guarantee you, with your filming, you probably already have. You meet people and you grow, and there's something about creating something that you're passionate about and. You just get that drive to do better, and yeah, gives you another reason to wake up and and kick the ass, you know, the day in the ass. You know what yeah. I mean? Right, a hundred percent. And I and I think you know I I encourage everyone to even start something like this. Start your own little page. You know, put your hunts up on YouTube. Do all sorts. Of, you hear a lot of guys nowadays saying stuff like, "Oh, there's way too many uh, little hunting pages everywhere." But I don't, I think we should embrace it. I mean, you, when you go on TV, there's not only four or five channels with TV shows on. Yeah. There's tons of different channels. There's tons of different stuff, and I think that we should focus this, the same type of thing on uh, on these hunting pages. I mean, let everyone get into hunting. Our hunting numbers are going down, which I think is very sad. And I encourage everyone to hunt, and I want to bring as many people into hunting as possible. And if that means having them start little Instagram or Facebook pages, then go ahead. I mean, it's yeah, it's all sure. in good fun. It's all in good fun. It's all for the sport. I mean. And like you guys said, the the people you meet and the different connections you can make through hunting and the hunting industry is huge. I mean, I've met tons of guys. You guys know the guys from the Rise. Um, I've talked to Tyler a couple times. I mean, those are, those guys are all great dudes and they do great work. Yeah, I they're mean, solid dudes. The Rise. Yeah, we've been friends with them for a while. We actually got to hang out with them at ATA and hell yeah, we had a hell of a time. And uh, it's cool, like you said, like without this podcast, we never would have met them guys. So, right, exactly. And just, Tyler even Tyler lives probably like ten or fifteen minutes from my house. So oh, that's awesome! I'm yeah, not far at all. Yeah, it's yeah. it's crazy. Like I looked at it one day when I first figured out who he was, I was looking at his page like, man, Mon or uh, Montrose, Michigan. That's like ten minutes from my house. He's right right around the corner, pretty much. Yeah, that's cool. So and you know, and if he would have never started a page, you would have never known. So that's exactly, a shout out exactly. to the listeners. You know. If you if you're thinking about starting something, um, do it, man. Yeah, if you have an idea, we started do with it. one follower. You know what I mean? So you're <laughs> right? you're exactly. we are no better than anyone else that's listening to this podcast right now. So, right, and and at any age, if anyone out there wants to start at any age, do it. I mean, it's fun. It's a great time. I've the for the amount of time that I've been doing it, which isn't long, I've grown a whole new amount of passion and. Um, learned a lot more through hunting through doing these type of things um filming and working with other people i mean i've gained many friendships like i said the guys from midwest pursuit they're now one of my good friends they're all my good friends great guys and i mean it's important too to you know make new friendships through hunting and so and i think at any age i mean whether you are younger or older you know start up a page it's fun go go have at it you know yeah that's i think that's a great way to end it man uh, get get the hunter numbers up and and start a page if you want to get out there, have some fun, man. We we appreciate you coming on and letting us know a little bit about the Michigan struggles and and the traditions up there. Yeah, guys, I really appreciate it. Thanks a ton.
I really enjoyed this episode. It's been a while since we had not a legend, but just like a, a random listener on. I love when you get that because you get that friendship connection. Mm-hmm. And then it don't matter like don't matter if the guy's been hunting 50 years or 30 years or 10 years. You can learn something from the guy. And I learn a ton from him. You know, he's a younger guy, hasn't been hunting a ton of time, um, still has been successful and knows how to hunt. And he's looking out for the new hunters, looking out for Michigan and trying to give a – Trying to give an honest, yeah, honest opinion of like honest normal guy opinion of you know what he mean? thinks Michigan is. This isn't a guy that's hunting a managed farm or something. Like you, you read the guys that have a blog or something that's been hunting for thirty years. Well, they might have some better property. This guy's hunting small pieces in public, and he wants to see people be successful, and he feels like people struggle in Michigan. So he wanted to come on here and give them a little bit of advice to maybe make them more potentially be able to harvest that mature buck this year. So get out there, try to learn something new, leave a legacy, and wipe the legacies out.